Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And today we're going to um, revisit a topic that we have brought up. It's actually one of our top 10 marketing strategies for 2020, and that's voice search. And so there's been so much conversation around you know, adjusting marketing for the challenges related to the COVID pandemic and just everything that's going on in the world that I think that voice search has maybe fallen off the radar for some practices, but really voice search is growing exponentially in healthcare. So we're going to talk about that a bit today. And then Corey, I would love it if you could address how, how COVID-19 is changing the landscape for search. And then let's make sure we leave this episode today with some real strategies and tactics that our listeners and that medical practices out there can be deploying right now to make sure that when everything kind of returns back to normal, whatever that normal might be, that they've already tackled all of the elements related to voice search. And so, Corey, why don't you go ahead and just give us kind of a, a lay of the land as it relates to voice search within healthcare? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that we're seeing a, a big adoption in um, voice search because we're seeing such huge growth in voice assistance. So that's your your series and your Alexas, your Googles, all of those things. So um, according to uh, Chatmeter, nine in ten consumers now use a voice assistant on their phone. So if you're um, using a voice assistant to set a reminder or an alarm, the next logical leap is you're going to ask it about weather. And then the next thing is you're going to start asking questions and having it perform searches for you. And so that's what we're really starting to see now. And as people get more comfortable sort of using these things, we're seeing a lot more smart speaker adoption as well. So just this last year alone, there was a 32% year over year growth rate in the use of smart speakers. I know I've got two in my house. I think you've got a couple, right, Jen? Yeah, I've got one just about in every main room of my house. Right, right. And, and so as people get more comfortable with this technology, um, people just start to search more. And as we know, healthcare is one of the most um, traditionally searched topics on the whole. And that's no different with voice search. Yeah, I will say I um, I try to relate back to like, how would patients use voice search? And well, I think that, you know, maybe you, um, Danielle and our team are definitely patients, but I think how does somebody of my age group or like my mother's age group utilize voice search? And so just the other day, I wanted to make sure I walked outside to watch the Falcon rocket launch. And I had mentioned to Danielle, Hey, Danielle, can you, um, since you're paying attention, can you let us all know when we need to go outside to watch it? And she says, yeah, I'll just ask Alexa to mm -hmm. remind me um, of the Falcon launch. And I thought to myself, you know, it's funny because my mother uses her, um, her voice search devices to set alarms for when she needs to take 
her pills. And I think more and more that this is going to be a topic of, this is going to be like a regular everyday adoption from the next group of generations. And even to the point that I went to the HIMSS conference in 2019, which is the main healthcare technology conference that goes on every year um, somewhere in the country. And it just happened to be in our hometown. So I went over to that for the week um, last year. And one of the big tracks was all about voice search and how voice search is being used with certain specialties that focus on loneliness, um, depression, older populations um, as an opportunity to create not just voice search, but voice companions for certain patient bases. And so I think that there's an enormous trend here. And um, I think the numbers are starting to back it up. And because people are sitting at home, they're starting to use it even more and more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year alone, over 19 million people looked for healthcare information using a voice assistant, according to VoiceBot. And um, I've seen some stats that even say like by the end of 2020, somewhere between 30 and 50% of all searches will be screenless, which means they're going to either be like a voice assistant or some sort of like smart speaker device, something like that. And that, when you think about it, that's just crazy how so quickly the landscape has changed. So just in the course of, let's say, like two to three years, that it's really started to pick up steam and people are comfortable sort of just saying um, a key phrase or a keyword and then searching. I think there's a lot to be said, too, that um, even our cars have voice search built into them. So um, I was in a Tesla the other day. And basically everything that you search for or when you want music, you, you use the voice search. And I think that, you know, our phones now have, you know, I have Siri cause I have an iPhone, but I also have Alexa on my iPhone. And I think that as tech, this becomes a norm within the technology that we're already using, it's going to become more and more prevalent because how many times do you, does anybody, um, and I go back to my mother cause I think she's like a perfect patient. She's 61 years old. You know, she's still got her wits to her. Everything's like, she's still using technology. She might not be using the most current version, but she uses voice search to find like, how do I get to a certain place? How do I, you know, tell me what the reviews are, answer this question for me. And she's using it more and more. So if she's using it. I know that the potential patients out there are using it. Yeah. I want to um, reference something by uh, VoiceBot again. They, they actually came out with um, a great chart that shows what people are using um, or what they're searching for when they're using these, these voice searches and voice assistants. And number one, hands down, is they're asking about symptoms. Um, after that, they're asking about medication information. So like your mother that you were just referencing. And then after that, they get into a lot of the location specific things. So that's like find a hospital near me or the nearest orthopedic surgeon or um, like where can I schedule an appointment? And, um, those searches I think are the ones that we really want to pay attention to and have, a, there's a lot of room for growth there. If a medical practice is willing and ready to adjust some of the things that they're doing, um, there's a ton of opportunity to show up when people are looking for a blank specialist near them or trying to schedule an appointment through this voice technology. So another thing um, that we're seeing is during the 
rise of COVID-19, um, people are starting to use voice assistance uh, a, a little bit differently and, and a little bit more. I, I think partly because you're, you know, you're just stuck at home and there's there's no one to, to kind of talk to. Um, but, but also, um, since you're spending more time at home, you're apt to do more searches like from your couch, say, rather than going to get a laptop or some other sort of device. So amid the quarantine, about one third of smart speaker owners are using the devices more. And I know for me, that's definitely true. And as people are doing more of these searches, we're also seeing that COVID-19 is um, impacting search, specifically um, the telemedicine and telehealth terms. There's just been a huge uptick in, uh, in, in searches for telemedicine or telehealth uh, starting right around like in March when the quarantine really started. Yeah, I um, I couldn't agree more that people are using it more and more, and, and you're starting to use it in more unique ways. I mean, um, a lot of folks are using it for recipes, at least in my household. Like, how do I make this? How do I make that? And I think that it's because people are at home cooking more. I will tell you that I use it all the time to set an alarm for how long something needs to cook. And I find myself using it every single day to get information on something that is said on the news or i have this like i'm totally like honed in on the age of our elected officials right now because i don't understand how i know that you know i'm 45 and i'm starting to like have issues with my vision and i can't quite remember things the same so i think how the hell are these people that are like 75 and, and pushing 80 running our country whether it's the president or, you know, somebody in the house or somebody in the Senate or like anybody that's making these decisions, how are they running at the pace they're running when I know how tired I am? And, you know, I'm constantly using search to verify like any kind of fact checking, using it for alarms. And, you know, on occasion, I will ask it to fact check something related to healthcare. Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, and I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice-specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. If we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack. Not uh, calling anybody out by name, but uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content. And they just released 10 Steps to a Phenomenal Patient Experience, where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got eight ways to wow patients and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about. Uh, at InsightTrainingSolutions.io. That's InsightTrainingSolutions.io or just Google Insight Training Solutions. You'll be glad you did. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and so I, I think that's the that's exactly what we've been talking about, right? Is is there's more people doing more with these voice assistants. And then when you get into like COVID-19 and the quarantine, those searches are shifting. So a lot of focus on telehealth, telemedicine, how can I still have access to healthcare from my home? Um, and then the, the next part of that is, well, how do I optimize for this stuff? And there's a handful of things that you can do. Um, and, and what's nice is it doesn't require um, a ton of like technical expertise, but th there's several things that you as a uh, marketer or administrator in medical practice can do to really optimize and prepare your practice um, to take advantage of all of these people that are now using voice search. So number one is clean your listing. So when, when we say listings, we're referring to anything on those online directories. So that's things like um, HealthBraids, RateMDs, Google, Yelp. You want to make sure that they're claimed and consistent, accurate, they're up to date. Um, we actually just went through something with uh, HealthBraids. So I'm going to flag this for, for you folks listening that uh, you might want to go and check your HealthBraids listings. Um, recently on a couple ones that we have for clients, they went in and it looks like they they reset some of the um, subspecialty data and office locations. So um, we had uh, one, one doc that we work with, all of a sudden his clinic address went from where he currently practices to where he had his fellowship in Ohio. Um, and that happened overnight. So um, can't say enough that you have to make sure these things are claimed and accurate because if they're inaccurate, they need to be claimed so you can go in there and then make them accurate. Um, and then when you optimize these listings, make sure that you're including keywords of things that you actually do and if it allows you to post content, then go ahead and do that and always respond to reviews if you can, whether that's positive or negative. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, claiming your listings and making sure that they're accurate and responding to reviews is kind of reputation management 101. But it now like is amplified because search is becoming so prevalent from a voice search standpoint. And so um I think that it goes back to, you know, that argument that years ago, you know, yeah, like what you were just saying about the doctor who it went back to where he had his fellowship, you know, yeah, years, years ago, ago we had we that, that large orthopedic practice who, you know, one day almost overnight, their appointment lines were changed to the local hospital. And it just shows the importance of always making sure that your listings are accurate. In fact, I think that most modern marketing at this point the listings are the hub, just like your website's the hub, the listings are the hub to your entire footprint online. And so if you take nothing away from this entire episode, other than to make sure your listings are claimed and they're clean, this is the one thing I think that, that our listeners need to take away. Right, and, and you may be thinking, well, how does that play into voice search? Well, um, when you ask something, or when a user asks something like, who's the closest um, dermatologist? near me, um, it will use a variety of factors and information sources to give you that answer. And one of the pieces of information um, is it pulls from a lot of these uh, directories and these, these uh, listing sites to verify that um, in multiple different places that this address is correct and it's close to wherever the, the user is coming from. So um, just FYI there. Number two 
for voice uh, search optimization, uh, you can actually, if you increase your site speed, interestingly enough, then you will show up better in regards to voice search. And the reason for that is because when someone asks a question to their voice assistant, it is going to try and pull the most accurate information possible as quickly as possible. So if your website is slow to load, just like if it was uh, slow to load on a desktop or a mobile browser when you click on it, um, then the search engines are just gonna move along. So what you want, if possible, is a load time of less than three seconds. So you really wanna be in the one to three second area. And um, some research from Google is actually that uh, if, if you're there, the, the, um, the bounce rate is really low, which means that people are going to hang out on your website. And all of those factors come together to say, when someone searches on, on voice, then you want to show up and you wanna show up quickly. So a couple ways to test that. Um, if actually you can just do a Google search and you can say uh, speed test, just type that in and one of the first things that comes up as a response uh, will be from Google and then you type in your website URL, so your address, and it'll, it'll run a test and come back and say your website scored um, so many points and here's where we rate that and here are things you can do to speed that up. So it's really nice if you have someone that is uh, working on your website for you, you can just run this test and say, hey, we only scored like a 40 out of 100 on this thing. Here's what it recommends we do. Why don't we do that? Yeah, I think, it's, I think that's really good information. And, you know, everybody, when you, when you build a new website, you should, I mean, I think that there's certain things like you're playing with it, like tuning, in the, tuning up the engine as you're doing it, but eventually you should get it to where it's very speedy and it preloads and everything's like, rocking and rolling because our attention spans are so short these days. So what's the third right. thing, Corey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spot on with the attention spans. Um, so yeah, number, number three is provide answers. And so what we mean by provide answers is if you have an FAQ section, then build it out, answer more questions. If you don't have an FAQ section, you should probably get one um, because Google and, and search engines, they really like when they can take these FAQs and um, turn it into uh, like answer snippets. So sometimes you'll see those at the top of search engine ranking pages where it'll say like people also ask and then it'll list some questions and you can kind of click on them to see a sentence or two. That's how those things are pulled. They're, they're typically from um, FAQs or their uh, page content asks a question and then is immediately answered. So that's something that we've been focused on this year with our clients is going back in and updating not only page content, but blog content as well that we know is very popular and that does really well in search and sort of rephrasing it to ask and then immediately answer a question. And so as an example, what we'll do is let's say we have a um, patient testimonial about how a, an anterior hip surgery got a patient back to doing what she loves. Well, that's great. But from a voice standpoint, it doesn't really ask and answer questions. So we're going back in and we're saying, how does an interior hip replacement um, help patients get back to what they love? And then we immediately answer that in the content. And then all of our subheadings are also questions that are now answered. Um, and so it's, it's a matter of 
reorganizing, rephrasing, and updating these pages, which is good for search anyway. You should be occasionally sort of refreshing your um, most popular pages. But uh, we're going back through and we're doing that specifically to help show up when people are searching voice. Yeah, and I think that it's important to note, um, one is we're going back and, and specifically doing it for voice. And we're saying, look, we don't need to rewrite the entire website, but we let's take the top 30% right. of the site based on search and what the popularity of pages are and let's tackle those. But I also think it's important to note two things. One is if you do this right, you will get less traffic to your website. And part of that is if you do it right, because you're answering the question where it doesn't require necessarily for them to go to your website and search for it. So I think we need to keep that in mind, especially I was looking at dashboard reports for clients this morning and noticed that there was some traffic that was down and just trying to figure out how much COVID is impacting traffic overall, but that appointment requests are up in many cases. And I think part of that is related directly to some of these search projects. And then also, I want to make sure that we drive home. You can't wait to do this stuff because whereas in regular search, you know, where it's on a screen, you're one of many that show up on the page. But with voice search, there's only one winner. And it's up to you to be that one winner to get that first piece. Because typically, people aren't going to a second and a third answer. They're just searching once, getting an answer, and that's it. Yep. Absolutely. And that's a great point is there um, at the moment anyway, there is not a real defined way to say that this voice visit resulted in a click. So you will start to see if you're doing this right, um, some shifts in your analytics, simply because if someone does a search, and then they get the answer they need, well, maybe that's all that they needed was that answer. And then um, you know, there, there's obviously some intrinsic value to that, but you can't really put like a dollar number on that in all cases or quantify that on a report uh, because it, at the moment anyway, as of this reporting, there isn't like a really good way to do that. Now that might change in a couple months, um, but yeah, definitely something to be aware of there. So next step when it comes to optimizing your um, voice search is to add what's called schema markup. And that's just a fancy way of saying, make sure your website is coded properly. So again, going back to what we were just talking about where you're asking and answering questions, um, there are different levels of text within your website. So if you're asking a question, typically you wanna have that in some sort of like a heading text. So um, you'll know that that's what the, what's on your site because that text is usually like bigger or a different color or bold and then you answer it right below that and if it's coded properly um, if you were to look at the back end of your website you would see that there's these little tags that are around the question that denote it's a question and then another set that denotes that this is basically the answer to the thing that's right above it and so when these search engines and these, these voice assistants are scanning through your website they quickly look for those things and they say, okay, so here, here's a question within these tags and it kind of sounds like the thing that the person asked and then the answer right under it, let's go ahead and give that answer to them. So it's a really technical way to say, make sure that your website is coded properly. And again, if you don't have any uh, technical expertise, if you have somebody working on your website, just ask them if you have the 
uh, correct markup for this on your site. And most websites that are, that are built today do. So if you have a website that's built within the past couple of years, you're, you're probably good to go here. But if not, it might be a good thing, again, to just ask your web guy. Yeah, and I think it's for the most part, I mean, whoever's doing your website, it should be pretty simple for them to do. So don't be like scared off by the whole like thing, calling it like a schema markup. It sounds fancy, but yeah, it's really not. Good. Yeah. And then the last thing is after you implement all of these things, give it a little bit of time and then test it. So if you want to show up for a particular search, then once you actually have all these things in place, go ahead and, and test it and see if you actually show up for that term or variations of the phrase you're trying to show up for, the location that you're trying to show up for, um, and know that, again, like what, what Jen was saying earlier, a lot of times there's only one winner. So you may not show up if it's uh, if you're asking some, some sort of like big, broad question or statement, but if you are looking for the um, closest orthodontist, then that's something that you can definitely show up for. If you know that you know, you're around the block from your office and, and you're not the answer, then there's probably a problem there. Yeah, and I think those are, those are five really actionable tips that people can be paying attention to. And I think the biggest kind of takeaway here is that you know, we already identified the voice search was gonna be huge in 2020. And, you know, what's going on in the world right now maybe has like kicked it off your bucket list for this year, just because we're dealing with so much else. We're trying to do a reset of, you know, what our budget's going to look like for the second half of the year and whatnot. But that, you know, COVID has actually like amplified the, the speed to market of how important voice search is going to be. And you've identified, Corey, those five areas that really do make sense for, you know, whether it's starting with your directory listings to making sure that you're, you're optimizing for voice search and how you should rewrite those pages. But I think, you know, if you're looking at the second half of your year of what should we do to make sure that we're positioned well in 2020, 2021, and let's get rid of 2020 as quickly as we can, then I think voice search has now moved to the top of the list from a marketing perspective. Right. Yeah, absolutely agree. And um, I would say to anyone that says that, well, this doesn't really matter to me or it's, it sounds scary and I don't want to think about it. Um, feel free to bury your head in the sand just like you did with online reviews and um, you're going to wind up in the same place and you're going to be behind the eight ball that way. So uh, you might as well take this opportunity to go ahead and get a jump on these things because this is, is the future and this is what, uh, what people are going to expect moving forward. Absolutely. So I think that's a great episode, Corey, and I think it'll a lot of value to our listeners. So with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. And we'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate each even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.